Hello and welcome to episode 41 of The Brand Lounge, the place for unfiltered conversations on big topics for small businesses. I'm Tammy Heels, founder of Shadowcat Creative, where I'm a personal brand and marketing consultant, and I help service-based businesses to define their brand and build marketing and business strategies that work their unique strengths and preferences. And today I am joined by the wonderful Crystal Statsky, who is an OBM, which is an online business manager and visibility strategist. So welcome to the show, Crystal. Hi, Tammy. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to have you here. And listeners, today, Crystal and I are going to be talking and exploring the topic of outsourcing, but with the focus on how it can help you to scale your business. So if you're unfamiliar, outsourcing is the process of contracting other professionals to support your business and you in areas where you either lack the skill set, the time, or quite frankly, the inclination to do the work yourself. Would you say that that was a fair a fair summary, Crystal? Yeah, absolutely. I was just going to say, you know, outsourcing is basically when you hire someone. So whether a virtual assistant, online business manager, whatever you need to just really help you with those back-end tasks in your business. And when we are talking specifically about outsourcing to scale our businesses, because I feel like there are certain elements of outsourcing that as business owners, we either know that we want or have already done. For me, it was my accountant first thing for me to outsource as soon as I could was my bookkeeping and accounts. But I know very often it's also things like VAs and social media, kind of the the tasks that can become quite time consuming. So in your experience, how is it different when you're looking to outsource to scale as opposed to just like when you're a startup business? Oh man, where do I start? So... Outsourcing, you know, it can really just take those time consuming tasks of running your business off your plate. So you really get more done. You can avoid that burnout. And ultimately, you can still have time to like rest and relax. And I always tell people like outsourcing doesn't just maintain your business, but ultimately it just makes it easier to run. It makes it possible to scale. So I don't know. Do you want me to go through some of the benefits of outsourcing? Because I have a whole bunch of them. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. Because I mean, I have, I know how it can be different for each individual, but from your point of view, I would love to hear your list of benefits that you have there. Yeah, of course. So I I would say these benefits that I'm going to just list off, um, they really do apply to just about anyone. And I actually just did a blog post and a live stream about this topic. Um, So it really helped me kind of put it into perspective (laughs) because outsourcing is such a broad term and there's just so much that goes along with it. You know, some of the benefits I'd have to say, like outsourcing really lets you focus on what you do best. So as business owners, we tend to have very limited resources. So which in my case, you know, I specialize in digital marketing and outsourcing really just allows me to focus on content creation because before I outsourced myself, I was just like focusing on small tasks like scheduling, engaging, posting. And it was really taking um, a lot of time during my day. So it was leaving me with less time to actually do the content creation for my clients, even for myself. So it really just lets you focus on what you do best. And then ultimately, outsourcing brings more cash in. By outsourcing, it's left me the capacity to bring in more clients, hence more cash. Um, Before I outsourced myself, I was only able to take on maybe seven clients. And now I can take on 10 or more, which means just more income, more cash flow. 
And it also has helped me broaden expertise and offerings. For example, my specialties are systems and processes, content creation, copywriting, email marketing, things like that. And by outsourcing, I've brought in like graphic designers, videographers, podcast editing, and all those wonderful things that I can be offering my clients and stuff. Yeah, I absolutely love that. I think that that is a wonderful list of benefits that you have there. And there are two in particular that I really want to pick up on because those benefits are valid for anyone who's looking to outsource at any stage of their business, like getting time back, having that time to reinvest into, you know, like you said, being able to host more clients within your schedule. But I think the two that I really want to pick up on when it comes to scaling is one, investing that time back into giving yourself the space to develop your skills or bring in more skills. Because that, when you're a scaling business, is where you're going to start having a look at those new services like you were talking about. It allows you to invest in your development so you can offer a higher quality of service. And that is just you know, that's going to help you scale and grow your business so much quicker because you're reinvesting back in yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. And, you know, based on that point that you just made, I have found that outsourcing um, really just helps you, you know, feel less stressed, feel, lets you help you feel less overwhelmed. And before I outsourced, like I found myself not being able to really work on my own business. Like I was too busy working on my client's business. And then, you know, clients come and go. I'm sure you have that happen to you as well. And so when those clients go, you weren't promoting yourself that whole time that you were working for them. And you kind of found yourself like, without a game plan or without, you know, leads ultimately. And so outsourcing has really just helped me, you know, focus on my own business too. So when those clients do go next, I'll have, you know, backups. <laughs> yeah, of course. And exactly what you were saying there about the stress, because the second point that I have is avoiding burnout, because I feel like burnout is something that happens not solely. I mean, burnout can happen at any stage of your business, but in particular, if you're really trying to push for that next level of your business, if you're really ready to scale, if you're really ready to launch a new service or pivot your business, like many have had to do over the last year in particular, when you're at that risk of high stress, lots of work, and burnout being there by outsourcing, you're almost like giving yourself that freedom to reallocate that time back into your business like you were saying and the risk of burnout I think is managed slightly easier does that make sense absolutely yes yes yeah so it's beneficial for your health (laughs) yes exactly because like now that I'm outsourcing to a virtual assistant um I'm able to kind of just take every afternoon off like I can go take a walk I can read a book I can lounge in the sunshine I can do all these different things in my afternoons it makes me feel better, less stressed. So I perform my work better. And I just don't think I'd be able to do that if I didn't outsource at this point. And I think that's the key, isn't it? Because it comes back to, you can outsource, you can outsource anything if you choose to. It's really depending and defining on what it is that you want in your business. I would say that making sure that you use the time that you outsource for something that is beneficial, which can include rest and can include walks, but also, you know, when, if you're in that scaling stage, 
outsourcing in order to get more time to work on your business is an ideal way of doing it. Whereas in the early stages, or if you're at the phase where you're happy with the level that your business is at, outsourcing is great for managing your time better. Um, And choosing the work that you're doing that you enjoy, because, you know, I might not enjoy doing admin tasks, but there are VAs out there who live for that. Like that is why they've chosen their business, because that's their passion. So it makes more sense that that work is done with passion and it will be done quicker and it's less stress. And if you're in that growing phase, particularly if it's in a short term, if you're trying to scale over a couple of months, then outsourcing is going to give you that leeway that you need for both your mental, physical and your business health. Yeah, absolutely. And last year, um, 2020 was an insane year, I know for all of us, but somehow it was my busiest year yet. And that is when I had to make the decision to outsource. And the business coach that I was working with at, at the time, she was saying like, you know, you're, you're super overwhelmed. You're not able to focus on your own business. You need to start outsourcing. And I was like, well, how, how do I know what to outsource? And she said something to me that has always stuck with me that she said, um, find someone that you can just push off small tasks to, so you can focus on your specialties. My specialty is like really the content creation, the systems and processes, things like that. So when it came to like scheduling, engaging, posting, you know, small little tasks like that, that's what I push off so I can focus on my specialty. That's amazing. So do you have any other advice for listeners out there who are like, I kind of feel like I'm at the stage where I want to outsource, but I'm not really sure kind of how to go about it or what I should be outsourcing. Yeah. So I was definitely, like I said, at that stage too, like, how do you know if you're ready to outsource? And my biggest question for everyone listening is, are you overwhelmed? (laughs) Do you find yourself unable to accomplish all the things that you might need to do in one day? If you're answering yes to any of those questions, then yes, you are definitely ready. And I know a lot of people, they're worried about cash flow. And ultimately, like, I, I feel like that shouldn't be the one thing that's preventing you from outsourcing um, because you can easily find someone within your budget. Like let's say you're making $40 an hour or something, like find someone that's half that amount or less to do those small tasks because you're still going to be making that profit and you're going to be able to scale. So when it comes to um, finding someone, how, because there are so many, like we talked about already, there are so many different professionals out there and we've talked about finding the right costing for your business, but do you have any advice on like how to identify the right professional that it is that you're looking for? Yeah. So besides, you know, what specialties you need to find someone for, finding someone who has your same values, maybe you like your their personality, someone that you can work with that has maybe the same hours that you do is obviously super important. I've definitely had my fair share of people, both clients and assistants that I realized just weren't a good fit for me and I couldn't continue with. And that totally happens. But when it comes to finding what you need, um, you know, I'll just show you the difference between a VA and an OBM because I know that's one of the biggest questions that people have is like, what's the difference? Like, how do I know which one I need? And ultimately, like I always tell people, a virtual assistant is more like a task rabbit. So you can give them small tasks like scheduling, commenting, engaging, posting, whatever you need that's small. And if you're looking for someone who can take it a step further, that's kind of when an online business manager comes in. So if you need 
content creation, strategy help, setting up funnels and processes, things like that. And OBM is really just perfect for that. So that's kind of the the small differences between a VA and an OBM. It's really interesting because I feel like there is a lot of um, cross-pollination now between different roles. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's something else if you're listening um, and you're like, okay, sure. So I think I need a VA, but I kind of want to outsource like a bunch of different things. Um, I would say that there's definitely arguments both for and against of going towards like individual professionals and specialists. Like if you need to outsource your graphics, then outsourcing to a graphic designer will give you probably, and I'm going to be talking in sweeping generalizations here, caveat that I'm not insulting anyone or their industry or their profession or anything like that. But generally speaking, I would assume if I was hiring a graphic designer to help me with my social media graphics, it would be of a higher quality or a more in-depth exploration into that particular type of work. Whereas if I was working with a VA, I feel like that would be a much more straightforward approach where it'd be like, hey, this is a post that I want you to do. And they would just do that post and send it out. There is so much cross-pollination. How do you recommend people approach at the start when when they're first looking at outsourcing? Where, where do they go? What do they look for? So that's a really great question. And it's kind of up to their preference. Like, let's say they only really need graphics. They don't really need to outsource anything else right now. Then yeah, sure. A graphic designer to outsource to is perfectly fine. Maybe you're wanting graphics for your website, your social media. Maybe you're just wanting like a whole redesign of your brand. A graphic designer would be perfect for that. I have clients who are kind of like, I want it all. You know, I want all in one, all inclusive. I just want to delegate to one person. And so on my team, I have a graphic designer, I have a podcast editor, I have a videographer. So if my clients need something like that, and what I do is like just the basics for them, but they want to take it a step further, I can bring in that person to help me with it. So that's like another great thing about outsourcing for us business owners is like having a team behind us. And so it's just kind of, it's up to your preference. Like if you want to just outsource to one person and have them handle it all that one person might have a team behind them and that that can work perfectly fine but if you're looking for specialties like you said graphic design maybe you just need podcast editing then obviously you're going to go to that specialty does that make sense yeah absolutely I think also there is something to be said for um like you've said already it does depend on your budget and it's like I don't generally like bringing price into things too often because I feel like Budgets are important, but it shouldn't be the driving factor in when you're choosing. Like you were saying earlier, they should absolutely be someone that aligns with your values, that aligns with your brand proposition, who works similar hours for you. So it makes the whole process easier. But at the same point, if you feel like at the moment you just need that support and by outsourcing a few, a handful of small tasks that someone who is multi-skilled can take over then absolutely that should be the way of doing it. The other thing that I find really interesting is when it comes to choosing to outsource, I know that one of the battles that I had internally, and I know that something that probably you come across in your line of work as being the OBM as well, is that there are a lot lot of blockers that can come up or a lot of reasons why you can't outsource or shouldn't outsource at that time. For me, it always felt like it came back to 
one, a, a wonderful story that I told myself that listeners, I'm sure some of you will relate to this, that if I didn't do everything in my business, I wasn't running my business as a proper business owner, which was something early on, I had to try and like move my mindset around that and understand that asking for help and having that support is actually what business owners do. And the second one, I think, is also finding the time and relinquishing the control. So finding the time to outsource the work to start with and then trusting that that work will be done to the same standard as you would do yourself. So, you know, what's your experience when it comes to kind of managing those blockers? And are those ones that are fairly common or is it just me? I can completely relate to that. And I've heard it from so many others um, that have went through the same thing. And really, it just comes down to like working on your mindsets. Um, even me before I outsourced, like my business coach really had to talk me through it because I was like, how can I delegate, you know, writing a blog post when that's like supposed to be my specialty. And she's like, well, you can just have them do the research and the first draft and you are the one who finalizes everything. And it's the same that goes for like graphics and stuff or podcasts, you know, like they're doing the first draft, you're doing the final draft. Um, and then as I stated earlier, you know, I understand how budget can come into play. So it's really just a matter of finding someone within your budget. If you're worried about control, that's really just something you need to put into perspective for yourself and do that mindset work that's needed. And, you know, there's plenty of things that don't need your full control and it really just depends on how you delegate it. So if you're thorough and you tell someone step-by-step what you need, you create those guidelines for them, it really shouldn't be a problem to outsource things. And my favorite saying is, as an entrepreneur, you've chosen to work for yourself, not by yourself. And that holds true. Oh, I like that a lot. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) That's really good. That's really good. And absolutely true. And it's so funny how things kind of progress because... I always felt like it was something that I couldn't talk about, like way back in the early stages of my business, which is ridiculous because it's the time I probably had the least time. I was working full time as well. So I was trying to balance a full time business with a full time job and have a home life and maybe sleep occasionally. (laughs) And um, that was probably the time when it would have been so helpful (laughs) to be able to outsource because I think my business would have grown quicker. In all honesty, I think that if I've been able to outsource, even if I've been able to outsource on the short term basis for someone to build the systems that I needed, I think that that would have saved me so much time and given me that freedom within the business. And now, nearly four years on, I still sit there and think there are elements of my business that if I outsourced, I can already see the benefits of what I would get back from that. And it was really interesting what you said about you know, you can choose the level that you outsource to. So if you want to outsource your blogs or your emails or anything that is a tone of voice piece, you can actually just outsource the first draft. Like you said, then you can take back that control. You can add your own voice to it if they haven't quite smashed it. Although any good copywriter would be able to, particularly as a side, If you have stringent brand guidelines that include tone of voice, it makes it easier for others to use your brand's tone of voice. Because again, and this is a conversation that comes up frequently, 
although you and your business are so interlinked, you are still separate entities and it is okay to outsource elements of your business if it's going to help you. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, just setting up those processes um, makes it a, a lot easier to hand over and should kind of help you through that process of, you know, getting your mindset ready. Like you're, you're, you already know what your business needs because you've been doing it. So put it into a, a detailed document, maybe record a loom video, like record all of these processes. And then when you finally feel like you have that nailed down, you have those processes and systems in place, then you know, you're ready to outsource and just handing that off to someone is going to be so much more, so much easier. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's a really good point as well, because even if you're not at the stage where you're ready to outsource right now, maybe, like you said, setting up those processes makes it easier to hand over later. So if we are, let's say for argument's sake, we're in that stage where it's like, I'm not ready to outsource immediately kind of this month, but hey, I can recognize that very shortly I'm going to need to outsource. Are there other things that you would recommend that the listeners can start doing to get their business ready for that process to make it easier and maybe help them overcome some of these objections? Yeah, I think, you know, other than getting those processes in place and just recording them, putting them like very organized, I would definitely encourage you to hop on a call with some people that you know you could outsource to eventually, because then you can kind of get a feel of what they'd be able to help you with you'd get a feel of what type of budget you're going to need and it could ultimately help you, you know, kind of just process it in your mind as far as, you know, what you need specifically. So that would be like my number one tip is just like start talking to people. It, it doesn't hurt to do. Like I hop on sales calls with a lot of different people who just kind of want advice and just to get a feel for what I do because they know they're going to be looking in the future. So that's always, you know, something that I would certainly recommend. I think that's a really helpful exercise to do as well, because although we can sit there and go, well, I'm only really happy to outsource this, this and this at the moment, you know, this is what you guys do. If you're talking to a specialist that you can outsource to, they'll be able to inform you kind of the the level and depth that they can actually support your business with on an individual level. Otherwise, and you guys know how I feel about this, it's having those assumptions of what you can be helped with and the expectations of what you're going to get in return. But when you drop those assumptions and expectations, you're leaving yourself open to have that support offered to you in a bit more depth. Whereas if you go to a VA or an OBM, so a virtual assistant or an online business manager and say, hey, I want you to take care of this, this and this, and that's it. You're not giving them the opportunity to say, well, actually, I can do this, this and this, but it would be more beneficial for you if we also looked at X, Y and Z. Because that would mean that in the future, the this, this, and this is already taken care of. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So trusting the experts that you're looking to outsource to. Actually, there's something that I'd love to touch back on that we were talking about earlier, just to kind of get your firsthand experience with it. Um, so when you were saying that you had these objections when it came to outsourcing, even though it's something that you absolutely see the value in, you know, and your coach was the one that supported you through to make this decision. How did that feel at the time? How did you kind of come around to the decision to outsource? It was scary. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I think being someone that people outsource to did make it easier for me to outsource to someone else because 
I kind of was able to put it into a perspective as far as like, why do my clients need me? And then I kind of like, I guess, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I guess that kind of just helped me determine, you know, why I would need someone else because my clients are hiring me to kind of grow their business, to take stuff off their plate so they can focus on building their business. And ultimately I needed to find someone who could do the same for me. I absolutely love that. And I feel like if you've got some of those objections coming up, asking yourself, why do my clients need me? Like, what do my clients need? Because at the end of the day, that's where the money's coming from. Like the rest of the work that we do on our business and for our business is for ourselves and for our future. Absolutely. But the emphasis needs to be on the work that is bringing in the money or the leads, which lead to money. So asking yourself exactly that question, like, why do my clients need me may help you go, well, actually, they don't need me to be replying to every email or clearing my inbox or ignoring the 24,000 unread messages that are in there that give me anxiety every time I see that little red dot. Not speaking from experience. Um, (laughs) And also things like with social media, if you wanted to write your post and then outsource the graphics that like there's so much, there's so many options now, I think. And some decisions can be made a lot easier than others. And then it's just a case of finding the right person for you. And one other thing that you mentioned earlier on as well was when that relationship doesn't necessarily work out. So whether that's whichever side it is, whether it's business owner or whether it's the outsourced professional, do you have any tips on how to handle that if there's someone that maybe has been working? I've got a very specific scenario in my head and I'm aware that I'm putting you on the spot. So let's (laughs) see how this goes. But Say, for example, there's a business owner who has been outsourcing consistently and has been quite happy with where their business is, but now they're looking to scale their business and they kind of feel like they need additional support. Do you have any advice on how they can approach that conversation with their current VA, OBM, whatever it is that they're working with? So that's a really great question. I would highly suggest, you know, before looking elsewhere, like just have a conversation with the person that you hired. Like you should be having conversations with this person to begin with, you know, you should treat them like a human being. So just talking to them and kind of getting a feel as far as like, what do they feel comfortable doing? Um, And obviously you've been working with this person, let's say for a little while now. So you kind of know what they're capable of and you know, their work style. So just kind of, you know, talking to them, seeing if they would feel comfortable enough. And usually they'll be honest with you and tell you yes or no. Um, And so, you know, you could always have them still doing those tasks that you initially hired them for, but also finding someone, you know, to do those other new tasks that you need. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really great point. And also, I guess it's just remembering that it might not just be you wanting to scale your business, like the person that you're outsourcing to might be looking to scale theirs as well, because, you know, everyone wants to move their business forward at some point or another. So having that conversation might actually open up quite a few doors for both of you, which I think would be beautiful. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I have worked with a lot of clients who have virtual assistants. So they they have their virtual assistant, but they were looking to take their business to the next level, which is when an OBM comes in. So, um, you know, there's a lot of different professions that can work hand in hand. Um, So like as an OBM, you know, if they have a VA, 
I could ultimately be the one who's managing them. So they don't have to manage them. You know what I mean? So I'd be like their point of contact. I'd be the in-between person. Um, So there's a lot of different professions, like I said, that can really just work hand in hand. So that's really interesting. And I have one last question that I'm quite curious about. And that is when you're looking to scale, obviously you're kind of expanding your business, you're expanding your horizons. In the last year, I know that this has been something that I've spoken about before, like our world has opened up to much more of a global level because Zoom has now become the norm and video calls and everything else. So I'm curious to know whether you have clients who aren't in your time zone, because I know that outsourcing abroad, wherever you're based, like whether it's here in the UK, I know that people outsource to like um, the Philippines and India and the States and Australia. Um, particularly with things like coaches and stuff. But from a practical standpoint, have you done any work where it's been cross time zones? And how do you find that that kind of works in this online world that we're in? Yeah, so I've worked with many clients who are overseas. I've even had VAs who are overseas. And I think it just comes down to finding someone who has your work style. Like I work early in the mornings. So if I... I need to hire someone overseas. I need to find someone that like works in the evenings. Um, So finding someone whose hours are kind of comparable to yours. And then also like I have clients who might give me something to do. Like let's say they're overseas and they give me something to do because of the time zone difference. I can get it done for them the next day. You know what I mean? So there's definitely ways around it. Yes, it does have some difficulties. Like if you're needing to hop on a call or something, you know, you kind of, both of you have to be sort of, um, what's the right word? You kind of have to make make it work, you yeah. know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I've also had, you know, some issues with VAs who, um, you know, they might be overseas and their language is a lot different than ours. Right. So you know, that's just something that you have to proofread before you post it or something. Like if they're writing something for you, obviously they're doing the first draft. You should be proofreading it either way. Yeah. So there's definitely challenges to every situation, but in our world today, you can easily make it work. So I've, I mean, I'm based in the United States. I'm on the East coast. I've worked with clients who are on the West coast. I've worked with clients who are in Australia, Barcelona, um, even England. So just all over and, you know, with our world today, it really just makes it possible. So you just have to be flexible. I love that. I think that it just opens up so many doors to have other perspectives and to not necessarily break away from local because I love local businesses and I love building that community, but I also feel like there are benefits to having, um, the opportunity to explore, um, overseas support as well. I think that that's just, it's just really exciting really, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And you get to, you get to learn about all these like new traditions or just, just things that you wouldn't experience otherwise. So that's something that I really enjoy. Like my one client right now, she's in Barcelona, she's a breathwork coach and I learn stuff from her all the time. So it's just, it's really fun to do for sure. Yeah. And I think from a scaling point of view as well, if it's something that you're looking at doing to be able to offer your services globally, um, it's a really good indication of how that's going to work for you if you're just testing the waters. Say that you're based in the States or in the UK or wherever, and you've only worked with clients from there, 
potentially before you commit yourself to taking on long-term clients who are based somewhere else testing the waters with working with someone abroad may actually give you like a better feeling for how that is. Yeah. Yeah. And I, like when I first started, I was getting quite a few clients who were overseas. And at first for me, it was challenging because of my hours. And so now when I get clients who are overseas, I kind of know upfront what to tell them (laughs) from my past experience. Like, okay, these are the hours that I'll be able to communicate with you. Like just being as clear, transparent, honest as you possibly can uh, really does go a long way no matter where they're located. Yeah, I think that that's something that we haven't explored as much, but it would be a whole conversation, which would be boundaries, like boundaries for you as the business owner and boundaries for whoever it is that you are outsourcing to. Like you need to be respectful of each other's boundaries, but you need to be firm in your own as well. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Amazing. So, I mean, there's been so much information in there. And I think that when you're looking to outsource to scale, there are other considerations that you need to have um, as opposed to just outsourcing to, I guess, claw back the time that you feel like you're missing. So it's been really interesting speaking with you to find out a little bit more about that. Yeah, this has been fun. Yeah. And I would love to just give people one little key piece of information to walk away with when it comes to outsourcing. Something else that I've learned along the way is this other saying that I find really, really beneficial, which is if someone was opening a restaurant, they wouldn't wait until they have a full book of reservations before they create the menu or hire a staff. They would automatically consider those things as part of the cost of opening their business. And the same is true in your business. So keep that in mind, you know, you're you're the same. Like if you're an online entrepreneur, if you own a restaurant, it's all the same. They wouldn't wait until they have reservations to create the menu or hire a staff. They would already have that up front. So if you're putting off outsourcing, um, you just need to go ahead and do it because you need that support up front. Oh my goodness. I think that that's... (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Because you need to make the space for it, don't you? Because otherwise it won't happen. But making the space for things is how we scale and grow. I love that. That's a brilliant analogy. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm always here for an analogy. <laughs> <laughs> I always love to give them. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you so, so much for sharing all of that with us today, Crystal. This feels like it's just flown by. <laughs> Where can the listeners find more about you? Yeah, so you can find me across all social media platforms. My tag is the same at Crystal Statsky. Um, so make sure to follow me comments. I would love to hear from you. I love having open conversations with people. So it would be really great to hear from you. Fantastic. Thanks once again. I found that really informative and it's really interesting to hear it from a slightly different point of view than just kind of the typical outsourcing conversation. (laughs) Yes. Yes. This has been fun. Thank you so much. Perfect. And listeners, if you'd like to hear more about Crystal and her business journey, then be sure to join us back here on Thursday when she'll be sharing her brand story with us. And until then, I would love to know how you feel about outsourcing in your business or if you are scaling at the moment, is it something that you already do? Has it helped you to scale? Like we'd love to continue this conversation. So come on over to the community on Instagram or Facebook. All of the links for those and for Crystal are all in the show notes and I will see you in the brand lounge.